How did Costco become a $300 billion company? Well, the late Charlie Munger told us about their trick. He was actually on the board of their company many years ago. And it's the same trick Black Rifle Coffee has used to become a $700 million public company. It's called product polarizing. This is the second part of a three-part series from a presentation that I gave at our private mastermind for successful e-commerce entrepreneurs called the Tycoon Tribe on the three levels of product positioning. Enjoy this episode. Where things get more interesting, I think, is what I consider the second level, which is polarize. This is a big opportunity for a lot of us, even some of those of us with really good quality design, because at some point your product's gotta stand for something. It's gotta have something unique about it. And I learned some of this through painful failures. Um, <laughs> this was Mike and I's brand. We decided to enter the fitness market at some point. I don't know if it was a test or if we actually thought it was gonna make money, which it didn't. Uh, but we put some money into this business and we started creating these fitness products. And this thing, the thing was, is some of the products were kind of high quality. I actually really liked the gym rings that we had, but they were just like almost as good as Rogue Fitness, but they were better than most of the ones on Amazon. This product was exactly the same as the other ones on Amazon. And the thing was, is that they really had nothing interesting about them. Like for us to get this to work, if this was back in like 2012, 13, maybe 14, then like everyone's starting at Amazon at the time, like you could do just basic stuff, you'd probably crush everybody because nobody knew how to do any marketing. But this was more like 2017-ish, something like that. And so at that point, marketing had gotten a lot more sophisticated. So you either had to go like super aggressive on the marketing, like kind of similar black hat stuff, or you just had to do a hell of a lot better job on the product. And we were not doing that, so this thing never really worked. We got distracted, but a big part of it was the products were not that interesting. The margins were not that great, but more importantly, the products had nothing that unique about them, and it was kind of a waste of time, I guess. Uh, and this is where I see a lot of opportunity in here, is creating a product that really stands for something. And I don't just mean like mission-based, I mean something that's more unique, that really can stand out in the marketplace, that's not just a pleasing product. It doesn't just meet something people are looking for and do a good job, good quality. It goes beyond that. Something more unique is thinking of what we're after. So another quote from him, and this is where really kind of a light bulb went off in my head, is he said, uh, in business we often find that the winning system goes almost ridiculously far in maximizing and or minimizing one or a few variables, like the discount warehouses of Costco. And so what he's saying is that the thing that really ends up kind of winning and owning share in the marketplace uh, is something that really takes something to the extreme, a certain feature, a certain variable, a certain branding element. You could say that this is the biggest, the brightest, the lightest, the healthiest, um, highest quality, most expensive. Any of those kind of things can work. But if it's just kind of a me too thing that's kind of in the middle with everything else, then that's gonna be a bit of a struggle, especially when you come to start trying to advertise this thing outside of Amazon alone. Uh, so for us, for example, we've kind of been at this for a while. Our goal, because remember our initial inspiration for Life Boost was we saw Bulletproof Coffee and we're like, oh man, this healthy coffee. I was trying to find it myself. I was looking at the places in Austin that he kind of recommended to get healthier coffee. They think this is even before they had their own. Uh, and I was looking for this and I was like, man, I was like, healthy coffee is an important thing but we decided to push the bar as far as we possibly could. Like if there was something else we could do to make the coffee healthier, we would have done it. And so that included testing for 400 toxins, shade grown, high elevation grown, uh, sun dried, organic, um, everything we could possibly think of. 
we basically built into the coffee, and that's kind of been our position. And we ended up finding some sort of a niche in the low acid within the healthiest, but our goal was to make it the healthiest. So somebody couldn't say, like, oh, this one is also is even healthier. Like, for us, that would make us nervous. And so we have to build that into our positioning, and I think it worked, because this person, for example, I don't even know who this was. Uh, I looked this up the other day, Camille Stiles. She says, one of the most well-known low-acid coffees among coffee connoisseurs. Like, this is not something we engineered. Uh, this is from four years of kind of working at this, where we've kind of intentionally built this positioning through a lot of different factors, uh, including building your entire brand around that position, or entire product around that positioning. This is where this book also gets kind of interesting, because they make some interesting arguments in there about if you try to make the same brand or product stand for multiple things, you start diluting that original um, product focus. So for us, we've had to make some decisions like, is Life Boost, is Life Boost a coffee company or is Life Boost a health company? And their argument in this book, which is kind of interesting, is that by saying that it's like this general kind of health company, that may dilute the coffee association and may make our positioning on the coffee weaker. Uh, so that's something that we've kind of wrestled with. When we come out with a new product that's like a supplement, we maybe put it under a different brand, even though we still sell it on the Life Boost store and stuff, because by trying to make the brand something else other than coffee, we are probably diluting our coffee association, and I think that's kind of what happened with Bulletproof. Bulletproof tried to be everything, we're biohacking everything, they got some good supplements, that's easy when they're like early in the game, but when they got people like us coming after them that are like, we are the healthiest coffee, we don't do anything else. We're not trying to sell 52 different supplements and like workout gadgets and all that kind of stuff, then I think you end up sort of owning that position like, we're not gonna beat them on supplements and whatever else, but we can beat them in that one area, which is coffee, because their brand is so diluted across multiple products. And so, building the entire product around your positioning can include the product name, the features, the packaging, the branding, the messaging, all of this stuff to really own that positioning. Proof elements, causes you support also, aligning with the brand positioning that you're trying to own. So some ways that we've done this, uh, we have specific facts, like we've actually pH tested our product, healthiest, uh, we've pH tested it. Uh, Charles, doctor, we could use just some regular photo of him, but we intentionally choose the one with his little doctor outfit on, uh, reinforces this health message. Uh, we have quotes on here, part of this is sales copy, part of this is reinforcing the healthy aspect. Johns Hopkins Medicine, we have some quotes from them. So it almost reads more of like a sales page for a supplement or something than like a bag of coffee. And so we include stuff like this on our landing page. Uh, we also include specific sort of influencer testimonials. We could include, we got so many testimonials and quotes and all that kind of stuff. The ones we pick are the ones we think are reinforcing this message, this like little bit older couple that looks super healthy and stuff, intentionally chosen, <laughs> this doctor. Uh, he actually worked for my dad. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my dad was just like, hold this bag of coffee. <laughs> my dad's been a big supporter of our business for a long time, so <laughs> I'm not sure he knew even what he was holding there. Um, this guy, a dentist, so if we say our product is low acid, then teeth decay at some level of acidity, and so this guy, best tasting low organic coffee, and it's great on your teeth. And so if you're trying to own a position in your market, going out there and actively recruiting testimonials like, because we get you know, a lot of different orders and stuff, but one of the interesting things Charles did, he knew some of these people, one of the interesting things he did though, is when he would see like an order come through or a message come through from somebody that was like doctor of this or that, he would go reach out to them. 
because they're already happy with the product, they're already buying it, and he would try to get you know, a testimonial referral relationship or something, and so we were intentionally trying to gather those kind of testimonials uh, to build that positioning for our product to back up the credibility, and you'll see, actually I have an example here, I'll show you in a second. Um, so, uh, <laughs> these people do this really well. Uh, this is Black Rifle Coffee. Everything they do, it seems like, kind of supports this positioning. They hire military people, they support military causes. Their social media posts are all kind of things like this. It's just giant helicopter coming in. Nothing really happens in the video, it's literally just a massive helicopter landing. And it says, when your third cup of coffee kicks in. Uh, so it's funny, and like, you know, there are people that own it, or, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, this is just a social post. They may have ran it as an ad, but I just found it looking at their Facebook page. Um, but yeah, their branding, their packaging, even where they sell their product is maybe like a, a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Is it, do they sell it there because it's gonna sell better because of their packaging and positioning? Or do they sell it there uh, because it reinforces their positioning? Could be either way. I mean, I see them selling it, like there's a big outdoor store here in Texas, I think, I don't know if it's other places, called Cabela's, hunting, fishing, that kind of thing. They sell their products there. I see them at this like hardware kind of store and where we're at in Evergreen, Colorado. And so where they sell it is also aligned with the branding. Um, but their packaging literally has like, you know, AR-15s and stuff on there. So they're like owning that positioning. So they do a great job of this. Element I mentioned a few times, their positioning seems to be like most salt possible <laughs> you can put in a product. Because a lot of people will say like, oh, you can't have salt. And then I'm no health expert, somebody here probably knows better than I do. But from what I've gathered, maybe that's not so true for most people. Like salt is really not that big of a deal. And so they're kind of positioning that you need more salt, not less. Um, and then this guy here, he's got these little shirts, Salty AF. Uh, they're really trying to push that positioning for their product because they want to own something unique in the space and not just be in there with all the other thousands of electrolyte products. They are like the hundredth electrolyte product but they're probably outselling almost all the other ones. Uh, and they're relatively new. They've only been around for a few years and they're absolutely crushing it. Uh, that's going on to the next part. <laughs> uh, so that, that's kind of part number two, is the position or polarizing, making your product actually stand for something. So I think some of y'all that are kind of like stuck selling on Amazon, you wanna learn how to crush it outside of Amazon, you've gotta think like, how does this product actually gonna stand out? Like what's gonna make it unique? I was giving uh, Bobby an example the other day because they're kind of in the kitchen niche and uh, you know, Callie's back there, she, we, bought, we bought like four of these always pans and for us, for other people and that kind of thing and their positioning from what I gather, super clean design, they really push the non-toxic thing, the non-sticky, but also their design is super high quality so it's not just some like ugly black pan sitting underneath your cabinet. Like they have these kind of cool like pastel sort of designs that they've, they've made it stand out from design quality and positioning standpoint. I think the positioning that's really sold people is like the non-toxic, um, but then they back that also up with really good quality design. If they had come out with a 700th sort of like black cooking pan, like they would have never built anything. But they're a massive company now. And so I think your product has to actually stand for something. So hopefully you enjoy learning about the second level of the three levels of product positioning. Tomorrow I release the third part of this three-part series, which is the third level of product positioning. This is how multi-billion dollar companies are built and you can build a brand that dominates any market that you enter.